Hi guys, welcome back to another podcast. So I have another book in book review. It's um, called Shame. Free yourself, find joy and build true self-esteem. Dr. Joseph Burgo. I really love this book. So shame has quite a negative rap, but shame um, in this book is put into perspective of both light and dark, which is what I really admired about this book. In the book, it goes through numerous stories and case studies of people on unraveling shame and why their behaviors were the way they were. So they were basically masking shame. It also helps you understand how shame can actually benefit and has been used through cultural generations to be able to grow a healthy human at the same time. So it works on the full spectrum of shame, light and dark. It talks about the mask of shame. Shame not only occurs more often in everyday life than most people realize. It also plays a large unrecognized part in suffering that leads to people to seek therapy. And he talks a lot about the people that treat, are treated and are seeking therapy. Sometimes they'll mention that they have low self-esteem, but more often they will tell the person about crippling anxiety. And we don't realize anxiety also is often a relationship to that. They feel in social situations an eating disorder or reoccurrent depressions. During their work together with this gentleman, the clients struggle with profound shame throughout. They had not realized it previously, so they hadn't unraveled the layers. They just put masks on to deal with the shame. So when shame walks into his consulting room, it nearly always shows up as a disguise. So it's always a second emotion that comes out, like anger is a second emotion. Well, shame is the same in that it's hidden via the second emotion. Because what people are doing is shielding themselves and masking themselves from the pain of shame and hiding themselves so other people don't have to see it. And so it gives um, the ability for you as a person as you read this book to see other people's stories and maybe relate or open your mind to perhaps that you have been dealing with shame via hiding it. It also, as I mentioned, talks about the value of shame, and I really like this in Chapter 2. I'll read a little bit about it. Recent studies suggest that the capacity and experience shame involved during the millennia when human beings lived primarily in small social units or tribes, survival depended heavily upon cooperation among members of the tribe. Members who violated the norms of their tribe or who had behaved in ways that damaged the collective interest would find themselves shunned or ostracized by others within the group. The tribe might withdraw Protection, stop sharing food and exclude the individual, thus lowering the odds of the person's survival. According to the view of shame involved as a way to enforce group cohesion and thereby promote survival of both the individual and the tribe, the capacity to experience shame thus has a survival value. And no one has ever really talked about that as in a survival value. I've never heard it talked about that in the books that I've read. People who can't feel physical pain often die young because they don't have a mechanism to tell them when their tissue is being damaged. Shame is the same as physical. It protects us from social devaluation, which might ultimately lead to isolation and death. And death. Shame also was a civilizing influence and defined the boundaries between public and private. While ancestors might long ago have urinated, Defe- defeciated and even 
done many other things that we would not do in full view over time as civilization evolved shame drove our bodily functions into hiding where they remain to this day which is a lot of what we're dealing with which is interesting because also we know that some of the things we feel about the shame of our body is evolving and society has taken a new view and some and we can understand where the heritage of that has come to so it's come to in our part this capacity to feel shame about our basic animal nature and originally that was thought to be civilized so it's really interesting to understand also why we're feeling shame about our body and the way it functions and understanding sex as well because there's this historical value of shame as well darwin long ago observed people that from every culture around the world physically express shame with shame set of psychological signs lowering of the eyes and gaze aversion slumping posture usually blushing of the face or the body. So it not only talks about how it kind of came into our culture, what it did to our culture and how it made us change in general in the ways we interact in ourselves, with ourselves and with our culture. In fact, the last century Western civilization has been engaged in a major update to its shame software, attempting to dramatically reduce the experience of shame for a number of people. Our age is characterized by what I describe as, and he makes that um, in his own terminology, and I won't describe it so you can look it up in the book. But diverse groups and political movements have vigorously rejected that structures of social shame that attach to those who differ widely from typical, giving rise to a broad spectrum of movements. So it's it's really great insight because it gives us that ability that we must not make shame the enemy. We must look and lose sight of the potential. We must not look and lose sight of the potential value of it as well and its antisocial behaviour. We must understand it so much more. It's history and culturally inbred in us. So some of the things we feel shame about have come down the generations. Others are, you know, newer tapped into. And so it doesn't just look at shame as in good or bad. It looks at shame from history point of views, from what value it gave in the older societies, which may no longer be present now as well. And for a lot of people that are unraveling the shame, this is really important because to know where we received and why we received the shame helps us to be able to understand that it may not be what we need right now and or it may have been an outdated version of shame that our families have passed down. So therefore, we can look at it and unravel it in our behaviors and come to a healing point. And so all of these Things make you think about the way you interact and potentially maybe why you have depression or anxiety. It thinks about it from not just one point of view, but many case studies in this book and historical points of view. And it also talks about how we in chapter 10 are avoiding shame in everyday life. Many instances of what we call social anxiety can be better described as shame anxiety, the fear of dread, of encountering shame as well through unwanted exposure. Shame is a specific form of anxiety invoked by the 
danger of unexpected exposure, humiliation and rejection. And social media puts a big bar on that these days. Shame, anxiety signals and impending threat, which anxious people tend to subdue by avoiding these situations which they feel overly exposed. And because we are now more overly exposed than ever on social media, there is this avoiding of shame and creating masks and stories but in the long term it's very unhealthy for us as human and creating a lot of damages in society so it also helps you to understand why you might be feeling anxiety on social media when it's just a picture or it's just a number but we get this because of the relevance of how the culture looks at it. And it also talks about self-hatred and its relationship to shame in chapter 16. At one point late in my career, I found myself working simultaneously with three men who had been bullied during middle school. And it talks about their journey, which you can start to understand what happened with the bullies, how they targeted the individual, then how they dealt with it. And this is really important because much of our shame comes from that, that period of time of adolescence or difficult periods of growing up where we learn to taper behavior into masks. So you don't get a self-help book that um, actually gives you this is what you have to do. It gives you an insight into other people's world which triggers you to think about your world and perhaps what things you as a person might have been doing to hide your shame so it opens your mind up through a third party vision so it's less attacking form of this book and more knowledge as well but again still so well written that any person can take something from this book it also talks in something that's very close to my heart on chapter 17 why do victims of rape and physical abuse so often feel ashamed about what happened to them. Many women and sometimes men spend years burdened to be deliberating shame, keeping their awful secret as if they are somehow to blame for having been raped. The tendency of society to blame women for supposedly leading men on and for police and criminal defence lawyers to re-traumatise re assault victims by dredging up their sexual history surely plays a role. But it doesn't fully account for the need for these victims to fuel to keep the past secret. And this was something that took me a long time to deal with, something that was truly hard. Why should we keep this deep personal shame to be the legacy of violence by others against trusting individuals, usually helpless to defend themselves? It's really important to understand that just as a country might feel humiliated during war if invaded and subdued by a foreign power, rape victims, trauma victims, physical um abuse victims are physically invaded by someone overpowered and defiled by the hateful bodily fluids or something that happened to them. When a predator is a potential romantic partner, so date rape or spousal abuse or child abuse such as an assault, constitutes the most intense form of unrequited love imaginable. To seek connection to feel love and long for it to be returned only to be sexually exploited or physically brutalized can still profound shame. Rather than feeling beautiful and worthy through an experience, the joy of the rape victim may instead feel ugly and defective and unlovable and if something is profoundly wrong with them. And so it really 
looks at how scarring it is, we can see a broken leg, but we can't see shame. And shame is often the most debilitating thing. And facing shame that is listening to and learning from it can also be the source of pride. And it can take a lifetime, sometimes painful examinations of many years because you've denied it to be able to find a space of being proud of yourself. And so it then talks about things about understanding and acknowledging it and how it has created um, difficulties in your life. So I highly recommend this book for anyone that has had heavy trauma or for anyone in general because we've all had trauma even if it wasn't rape or physical abuse. Something in our lives has always caused us to feel shame or even if we're raising children to understand that how it can affect them, how it can also be beneficial for them to understand boundaries as well. Um, so again, a great book, Shame, Feel Yourself, Find Joy and Build True Self-Esteem by Dr. Joseph Burgo. There's so many great books out there and most of what we hear is people generally sharing the wonderful information they've read. And so if you're looking to make 2020 a year where shame no longer controls you, anxiety is less, this will be a great place to start. Have a great day.